Welcome, everyone. It is yet another episode of the ERG Movement Podcast, where we bring some awesome people on here to talk about the awesome things that are going on in the ERG space and just who have had really good experience in the ERG space in general. And today is no exception to that. We have Ruth here who's going to talk. Actually, you know, what? I'm going to give you a chance to intro yourself, Ruth. Tell yeah. us about you and how you got into the ERG space. Yeah. So I love this story. So I love that this is the first question you're asking me. So before I start with like she, her, hers pronouns, I stumbled into the DEI space. I was in a place where I looked around and I did not see people who looked like me. I was like, okay, where are all the black and brown people? I don't, I don't see a lot here. And so I didn't feel that sense of inclusion and belonging. And so I was like, okay, it's not here. Someone's got to, someone's got to create it. So it was literally me raising my hand saying, hey, this is important. Can we do something here? Talking to a lot of different leaders as part of my individual development conversation and kind of getting it across saying like, this is really something I want to work on. And so there was this idea that sparked and at some point they were like, you know what, you're right. We should have some sort of DEI presence within this organization. They came to me and they were like, you know, you keep talking about this. Is this something you want to pursue? And I was like, yes. And they were kind of like, okay, we don't have a job description. We don't know exactly what this will look like, but if you're interested, like, let's do it. And so that's kind of how I stumbled into it. And ERGs has been a piece of it. Something that I'm so passionate about my full-time role right now is completely dedicated to the ERG space. And so, yeah, I've learned a lot along the way and I'm happy to share. Yeah, I'm curious. So you weren't, obviously you weren't in the ERG space when you said, you know, let's start it here. What were you doing before? Yeah. What were you doing before you're in the ERG space? Yeah. I mean, so my background is still in HR, but it was very targeted. So I did a lot of work in performance management, goal setting, succession planning. So a lot of like process-oriented HR work and DEI was always a part of it. So like, what does our succession planning look like? Who's not on succession plans? Like, let's, let's take that one step level further to make sure there isn't any type of bias in these processes. So it was always part of what I was doing, but I just wanted to make it a little bit more formalized. See, it seems like you are the perfect person to be doing ERG work then because all yeah. that stuff definitely pops up in the ERG space from performance and um, succession planning, even like that's something that comes up a lot. So totally interesting. So you founded an ERG at the company that you were at then. So it had generally started before me, but I think it was like a year in deep. And then I kind of just dove forward with it. Got you. And what year roughly would you say that was? Oh my gosh, what year is that? What year is it now? Must have been like 2017, 2018, 2018. Okay, things have changed. There's, I mean, from a lot of things. I would love to hear what the ERG experience was like from your perspective pre pandemic. What were some things that were coming out of ERGs? Like, what were, what got people going? Just all the things there. Yeah, I think pre-pandemic, we really enjoyed just being in the room together. Like there were meetings that I would show up with all my ERG leaders. I wouldn't say a thing. I would just walk in, help kind of facilitate certain things, but I would let the energy just bounce off, bounce off the walls. And I thought it was like very engaging and exciting, but I would also say a lot of the conversation was around like inclusion and belonging especially in the beginning stages of an ERG, I think like building a community in the beginning is really important. 
But then for us, like as we gradually grew, we really focused on like strategic initiatives and like thought about like how can we actually provide innovative solutions to the organization. And so that's kind of how the journey has been with the ERG. Pre-pandemic, it's definitely different than how we approached our ERGs during the pandemic and afterwards. I feel like I've learned so much after the pandemic now that we have this hybrid space. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue, Ben, because how was it moving from that where you can feel the energy, you know, being in a room with other people to now it's all virtual. How was that pivot and what were some learnings that came out of that? Yeah, I mean, I will say pre-pandemic, now looking back, I was in the room, so I felt like I had a voice. I felt like I had space. Mm -hmm. But I think back to people who weren't in the room people who were dialing in, I don't think we were as inclusive as we should have been, especially being under diversity, equity, inclusion. We want to create spaces for everyone. And so I feel like one really good learning post-pandemic is how to create those inclusive spaces in hybrid environments. It was something that I don't really think we, we give a lot of thought to. And now I intentionally think about getting those voices in the room. I think especially now with hybrid environments, like our reach is just so much further. Like I can have meetings with our global co-chairs, our global chapter leads. We can have events where we're catering to everyone and we think about the timing and, you know, we're just able to just have a larger reach, which is something I really like and we're very intentional about it as well. Yeah, I definitely would agree. That being said, even still in the virtual space for companies who maybe are remote first, were there any like virtual engagements that you really liked or that you feel like went over really well? Yeah. So for me, for from the perspective of some of someone who manages the ERG program as a whole, one thing that I felt was missing when we went to completely remote is just that sense of connection. And so one thing I did from like a program perspective is I made sure that there were connection points across the ERG leaders. I felt like they were working in a silo. So for example, we use this thing called the 4C model created by Dr. Robert Rodriguez. The 4C is our culture, commerce, career, and community. It all also, it all talks about the impact that you have as an ERG when it comes to those four separate buckets. But the way that we're structured is we had a lead for each one of those four C's as well. And so what I was finding is there was a lot of you know, similar things happening in silos with different ERGs. And so I was like, let's just come together and touch base at least on a quarterly basis. So all the leads for culture can come and talk about what you're doing. All the leaders for leads for commerce can come and talk about what you're working on. So we've finally started seeing more synergy and partnerships across the different ERGs. And that was something that we were missing. We were doing some of that in person, but then when we were fully remote, it just wasn't happening. And so I had to be intentional and say, let's come together, let's talk about it. So we did that within our organization, but then also much broader. We found another organization also on the 4C model. And so we would have them come and we would share best practices, just focus on culture, just focus on career and commerce. And I think that was really helpful, especially in our virtual space. You said so many good points there, because one, if you're going to collaborate with the other ERG leaders, there has to be that consistency across the ERGs on what structure they're following. So was that something that you implemented or was it something that was already pre-existing? If you did help to implement it, the question will be, how did you like kind of introduce that new train of thought to the ERG leaders? 
Yes. So I'm trying to remember if it was something that I implemented. I don't remember. I know it was part of the early stage, so I can safely say that. I just think structure is so important for ERGs. I think they can easily be turned into groups that are just focused on inclusion blogging. And while that is so important, I think it's really important to make sure that we can use ERGs in other ways as well to you know develop talent to you know be partners for the business to partner with the community so uh, for us i think the structure was really important and it was a, a place that we started the second piece that was really important is beyond structure let's talk about roi return on investment like let's talk about metrics like what are we actually doing in this space and again, like the great thing about the 4C model with Dr. Robert Rodriguez is, you know, there's a whole survey that they have in place that you send to all your ERG members where they, you know, you're able to answer questions that they, okay, how are you doing when it comes to these 4Cs? And you're able to get really good feedback that helps you intentionally plan your year and helps you intentionally think about like, okay, what am I doing this year versus like, what am I focused on for the next, you know, five years? And I think the structure was really important. And also that feedback and like survey mechanism is really important. You don't need to follow the four C's. There's so many other structures you can follow. I mean, you don't have to use the four C survey, but I think having structure, whatever that looks like is important. And having like some sort of survey methodology to get feedback is important too. Yeah, that's big. Because a lot of people, I feel like they don't even have that structure that they're relying on. And when you don't have that, you don't have something that you're you're basing your program around or even success around. Yeah, that's an interesting point. That being said, I'm curious too, what success looks like to mm -hmm. you for an ERG program, for ERG leaders, but also just for like the program in general. Yeah, so for me, it always comes back to ROI. Like what metrics can we tie into this ERG program that really, so a couple of things you can look for, you know, are, or are, are high potential leaders stepping into these ERG leadership roles? Are these roles coveted? Do people, and this is how I can tell, are you, are you calling an ERG leadership position or are you calling it a volunteer position? Because there is a difference. There is a distinction. And when you're calling it a volunteer position, when people within the organization call it a volunteer position, it's because it's seen in a different light than an ERG leadership position. And it's mm -hmm. something that un unintentionally comes up, but you notice those things. Like a leadership position is one where it's sought after. It's important. Mm -hmm. It could be tied to, you know, a succession plan. So our high potential leaders are the ones that are stepping into this role. Um, and there's high visibility. You feel like you're actually making a difference and you're connecting with leaders. And so, I just feel like there's a difference there. I don't know if that's answering your question. I feel like I might have caught on a little bit of a tangent. I like where you went with it, though, because <laughs> how you market the position to people is big. And it's important as program managers that we like watch that language as well. So that being said, I'm curious, too, when it comes time to get new ERG leaders in place, is it difficult or even then, like, what's the process that you kind of follow to make people want to, to join? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not always easy. I mean, 
got to remember this is something people do on top of their jobs. It's sometimes like a, a passion project. And so it's not easy. And sometimes like the visibility isn't there. There isn't return on development or, or whatever that, that people want from these roles sometimes. And it's not done well. It's not there. And so I also feel like it's a little bit of a journey. For me, I've seen, I feel like there needs to be more than someone just raising their hand saying, hey, I volunteer because I'm interested in this. I think there needs to be some sort of application vetting process and then for really highly visible roles for, you know, a position like global co-chair, for example, there needs to be some sort of interview process. That That's how I feel. I think even, even if you don't do that, having some sort of nomination process where, you know, your senior executive leaders are coming to you and telling you, okay, I think this person would be really good to lead an ERG. I think that's even good. But I think the whole, like, let me just kind of sort of volunteer. I don't feel like that always works. Yeah, I agree. And I've seen where that can kind of, that can be a rough partnership moving forward after that. If you had to say that there was one question to ask potential new ERG, ERG leaders, what would you say is the most important question to kind of determine if they're a good fit for the role? So for me, I always start with like, what is your why? Mm. That 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 is where I I start because I want to know why you're doing what you're doing. I think another really good question is so a lot of times the prerequisite to join as an ERG leader is being a part of the ERG or you know having another role and then just kind of elevating to a more senior level role. And so a lot quite a lot of times I'll ask the question like where are some areas of opportunity you've been a member here or you've been been a previous leader like what what can you bring to the table why are you interested in serving like where could we go from here I feel like base level we've done some work but where where is the future for us like what do you see that's huge I love that another question too coming out of that well okay we'll go with this one so you have the ERG leader in their role what is your take on how long they should stay in the role? That's a good question. So I, I have my own theory, just seeing, seeing leaders staying in their role and, and sometimes get a, a sense of burnout or there's a certain point where I feel like you know, the passion is waning or, you know, there's different points where I just feel like they may need a break. What I've seen in general is, I think two years. I think you know you need at least one year to ramp up and really understand what you're doing. And then that second year is really when you feel like, okay, like now I know what I'm doing. Let me focus on making impact. Um, I mean, that being said, I do think there's some ERG leaders that may say, hey, you know, I actually really want to stay on for a little bit longer. And I feel like I can be flexible there. But for me, I feel like that two-year mark is where I'm really looking at my ERG leaders to say, like, how are you doing? Are we okay? Do you feel a sense of burnout? Like, are, is your wellness okay? Um, and that's where we revisit that conversation. I think it's no coincidence that everyone I ask this question to always says two years. And I did not prep you on that in advance, just for the record. You said the exact answer. Yep. Which is, I agree completely. I feel like that's a good amount of time for, and it's not too long of a commitment either. Like if there's a, if there's no end inside, that might burn somewhere out. Oh, totally. Totally. What are some other things that maybe you've seen or even just like lessons you've learned around avoiding ERG leader burnout? Oh, okay. I got, I got a hot take. So for me, 
administrative burden is huge. It's huge. Um, when you're a leader dedicating time out of your busy schedule on top of everything you're doing to lead an ERG, I want to take as much administrative burden away from you as possible. And yeah. now we have systems in place that can just make things a little bit easier. And so one of the things that I'm always looking at is like, what are those tools and resources? So something that I've been looking at is like different ERG platforms. There are platforms that just take away that administrative burden. So there's easily built templates. If you want to send a newsletter, you don't have to think about what it looks like. You just go in, you drop it, you drop in the words, what you want to say, hit send, and it's quick, right? You don't want to think of how I track the amount of events I have, how I track the RSVPs, how, like, you know, what is the click rates on the communications I'm sending out? And there are tools in place that mm -hmm. have this already. So like, well, let's take the burden away and let's make things automated where we can. Where we can. Um, and so that's something I'm super passionate about because I just want to make it easier so we can go back to like impact because that's where I want to focus on. I don't want to focus on the administrative tasks that take away from impact. Right. Taking away those things, especially, I mean, it can be tedious and those, that can really be the things like, oh, I just don't want to do this type of things. Okay, brought up an interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> With when it comes to these tools, what what do you look for when you look for one that you want to bring on to your organization? What are some considerations? Yeah, so I think a couple are it needs to be something that can connect easily with whatever systems we already have in place with the organization. Does it, does it, is there integration with Workday? Is there integration with I don't know, Microsoft Teams? Like, what do we already have in place that we need to find connection points to? Because the last thing I want to do is say, hey, you got to update this thing in the platform. You got to update this thing in Workday. You got to update it in like all these other places. I don't want to like add to the work that you're doing. So integration is key from just like a tech standpoint. I think the other piece of it keep going back to data, but data, like what data can we get from this, this platform? You know? So, I mean, there's some organizations where people just click sign up, they sign up for the ERG. You have thousands of people that are part of an ERG, but what does that really tell you? Like, are these people just getting newsletters and that's kind of it? Are they attending events? Are they part of mentorship? Like what does engagement look like? Mm -hmm. And, you know, these platforms that we have in place, they can tell you like, you know, engagement looks like someone goes to three events out of a year. Okay, so like out of the thousands of people that are part of your ERG, how many people are at least making it to three events? Okay, that's what we think is engaged. And we're able to start getting those like nitty gritty details of impactful data. That's big too. Engagement is definitely a big word in the ERG space. Yeah. Wow. Without data, it can just be a concept. Like, what does engagement really mean? For you, from what you've seen, what have you, when it comes to like percentages, maybe in terms of engagement, what do you think is like healthy engagement within an ERG? And as a second question, how can an ERG help to boost their ERG engagement? I think that's a really good question. I think especially now, in a hybrid environment, engagement looks different. It could be um, click rate of a communication, click rate of a training session. Like that could be a piece of engagement. Mm. It could be, you know, going to events, you know, physically going or virtually attending. I mean, I think it's different depending on, you know, where you're located, 
and even how you want to engage. Some people may not want to talk to other people. Some people may want to read things, may want to attend just the training, a virtual training. And so I think engagement looks a little bit different, but I think, yeah, just being able to kind of look at it from a broad perspective is important. And being able to kind of gather those different data pieces is important because it is hard to say like, okay, people attended events. Is that just our black, our black blanket statement for them being engaged? I do think click rate for communication is is important. Why are you setting up communications if only two people are clicking it? It mm -hmm. is important. And sorry, what was your second part of that question? How to boost engagement. Mm, boost engagement. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. And I think especially for new ERGs, getting your name out there. Like I think the foundation is building the community. And so having quality programming where people can just connect. I think that's really important. And then I also think having ERG leaders that are visible and open to having conversations and connecting. I think that's, I think that's really important as well. Definitely. I'm big on community building as a foundation because you can't make the change without the people who are going to make the change. Movement needs people. So. Exactly. And that, I feel like that trust building piece is really important. I always say that ERG leaders are like a part of the DEI team. They're just an extension because whatever we're doing, we're saying, we're talking about our goals, our strategy, they should be cascading it down to their members and the people that they interact with. And so they need that sense of trust built in because a lot of times their your members are going to come to them with questions because mm -hmm. they see them as an extension and so that trust I think is really important I agree I agree completely now there's something that you just mentioned oh so you were mentioning for instance people might be sending out communications and it may only have like a, it might have a really low click rate but a lot of ERGs, they they continue to do these things, even though it may not necessarily be what's best. Or even, I mean, times change. ERGs have now been around for over 50 years. What are some other examples of maybe like outdated practices that, that ERGs might be holding on to, in your opinion? Yeah, oh, that's, a, that's a hard one. I mean, I think communication I think the way you structure your communication is important like we are in the generation of like Instagram I just want like a short tidbit of like what is happening and so I think that's really important I think long-winded communications can sometimes get lost and I also using things like you know group chat or like your team's channel or things like that that are a little bit more dynamic to get people's voices in that space is really important so sometimes you know, you can add something in whatever team's channel you have, you know, ask a question, just asking for engagement. And I think that really goes a long way. I, I know we talk about ERG platform. Some platforms, they have an application. They have an app that goes with the platform. And so if you wanted to quickly just, you know, run through the app, see, you know, what events are happening, you know, attend the events virtually over your phone, like things like that just make it a little bit more dynamic. And I think that's where we, where we need to be. It needs to be fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. So I'm curious too, with you being in the space for some time, you've seen different types of events and things like that. Is there one that stands out that you feel like really hit home when it comes to that community building and, and that piece there? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think I'm like thinking about there's so many amazing events, but my favorite by far is anything where 
you're just really able to connect. So we did an event that was the speed networking event. Mm. And it was just so much fun because, you know, you're going from table to table. You're meeting all these different people, all these different levels, but from different parts of the organization. It was like fun, dynamic. I think at each table we had like questions, like fun questions that you can ask. And like that, that was so much fun. Like I love having events like that. And then I also think, um, I think new hiring engagement is really important. So one of the things that I've done in the past is added G leaders to whatever like onboarding sessions we have for the organization. So at a company, we used to, we used to do onboarding. And then at the end of the day, it was like almost like a happy hour type thing. But I would invite all of my ERG leaders that were physically located in that location to come. Like, you don't have to have speaking points or talking points in place. You don't have to present. Just come and get like a free dinner. And you can like really connect with people face to face. And I feel like that sense of inclusion and belonging, especially for new hires, is so key. It's so important. And so, yeah, I, I just feel like that also is really impactful. Yeah. And I love how you just mentioned how they don't have to like have talking points and things like that. Cause I feel like a lot of ERGs are leaning into this. Everything has to be perfect and polished currently when it comes to events and things like that. But but what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think I get it, right? We want it to be perfect. We want it to be polished. We have a lot of senior leaders that we want to attend. So, you know, do as much as you can to make things as good as they can be, but also don't put so much pressure on yourself. Give yourself grace in this space. This is something you're doing above and beyond your actual job. So give yourself grace. I think that first and foremost is important. The second piece is like show up authentically. You don't always need to have talking points share your true authentic self because I think that's what people will really connect with Mm, I agree and so you gave an answer for an event that was in person once again for the for the remote first folks what are some of the or what's an event that really sticks out to you that kind of made that impact and maybe it's more than just community building but just in general what's something that that sticks out to you I guess I really love community building because my my example is again community building. We had this event with one of our ERGs that was, and it was during the pandemic. So I think we all really needed this, where we created our own little mentorship circles. And so, you know, we filled out some sort of survey, talked about some things that are top of mind for us. They connected us with two or three different people across the organization, across the globe. And we met, I don't know if it was like once every other week, but there was a regular cadence where we would meet and we would just we would just talk and we would just spend time talking about things that were happening in our personal life, things that we were focused on at work, things that we needed encouragement on, advice on. And it was really, it was really amazing just to have that set of people there that I felt like had my back. I remember there was one person who really wanted advice on, you know, applying for another internal role. And so, you know, we would talk about the interview process. We would practice interviewing, like gave each other real feedback. And it wasn't so strict. It wasn't like, oh, you have to show up. It was like, show up if you can, if you can't, we get it. But I think having that sense of community in a time where we were all remote during the pandemic, it just felt comforting. And I think that's why it was so impactful for me on a personal level. I love that. Okay. When it comes to events, now you just mentioned 
ironically, two of your favorite events were not some of the events that I think a lot of ERGs default to, like speakers and things. What is your take when it comes to bringing speakers in to talk to ERGs? I love speakers. I love I love speakers. You know, I'm someone who has helped manage speakers and have large, large events virtually and in person. So I understand the need for speakers. And I think they can be really engaging and, and motivating and inspirational. I think for me is what are our concrete steps to really make it personal, to add that self-reflection piece to it? Like, could we do the speaker and then do a smaller like group discussion where we talk about you know our thoughts around what was said you know how it's impacted us is there any type of like pre like a, a worksheet that we could fill out beforehand that will help us guide the conversation and think through personalizing what's being said you know is there some sort of homework that we can do like i think that engagement piece is really important is there like a breakout session in between like I feel like that engagement piece is really important and sometimes something that's missing. I feel like a lot of times organizations may have a speaker and then maybe there's like a part two, maybe there's a part two where you personalize it and you talk about it. But I feel like if you really want key learnings, key takeaways that are impactful for your life, really make a difference, that engagement piece is so important. That's huge because that's really how you can get the most out of these speaker sessions, especially where some companies are spending a ton of money on speakers. But how do you really maximize bringing this person in? Is it just a one hour thing where they're talking at people and they're not engaged? Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, when it comes to the selection of speakers, because I don't know about you, but at least for me, I've experienced some hit and miss activities for sure. What are your tips for like speaker vetting or, you know, when you go to select speakers or when ERG leaders go to select speakers to bring inside of the organization? Yeah, yeah, that is a, a big conversation, a conversation that I, I have a lot of times. I think for me, as many voices in the room as possible, especially in the early stage, is really important. Like, what do you think will be impactful for this population? What are things that are coming up in your conversations with your ERG members? You know, from a diversity, equity, inclusion perspective, what are we doing in this space to elevate and amplify the voices of this community? I think there needs to be a bunch of different stakeholders to help us think through, you know, what is the theme? Like, what type of content do we want to talk about? And then from there, like, who is the right I think having an intersectional lens is really important. I think people who can talk about their perspective is really important from an authentic to that are willing to engage in two-way dialogue is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of things to consider. Those are some good ones for sure. I hope that everyone who's listening really took those notes down as well. Yeah. Even just the different formats on how they can engage. It doesn't just have to be the the one presentation style mm-hmm. type of way. Oh, definitely. Yeah. What about for some maybe like non-live ways how you can still engage members? What are some things that you've seen or that have gone really well in your opinion? I think having some sort of Q&A portion is really good. Having breakout rooms can be really good. Or using a platform like Kahoot, for example, or like having some sort of interactive component to your presentation. Um, I think that's that's always just a really good way to get people more engaged. And if 
that's not part of it. Again, you can have a two-part conversation. Like maybe the session isn't engaging. Maybe it doesn't have those components. But then like as an ERT, you can kind of take it away and you can kind of debrief and bring those engaging elements into that speaker session. Especially if that session was recorded, you can always you know, send that out to your members. Listen to the recording. Come, let's talk, let's engage. How about outside of events? What are some other things outside of events, outside of communications, like just, yeah. What are some other things that ERG leaders can do to help engage their members? Because like you mentioned, they might not want to talk to other people or hop on a call and maybe they don't interact in the channel, but what are some other things that, that can be done to get them involved? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think ERG leaders can really partner with parts of the organization to help provide innovative solutions. So maybe you're part of you know, parents ERG and you wanna provide feedback on benefits that we have available to parents. I mean, I think that's a conversation you can have with HR or just think about having some sort of focus group. And of course, we'll need a partner with, with HR. I think your voice could be used in that space to make the organization more inclusive. If you have an organization that has marketing campaigns, or products. Okay, maybe there's a way for us to have some sort of focus group to make sure that whatever marketing campaigns we have in place, whatever products we have in place, we really have an inclusive lens when we're looking at it. And I think that's where ERGs can play a really pivotal role in making sure that their lens, their view is, in, is a part of those discussions. And you don't have to sit in product. You don't have to sit in marketing. You don't have to be on the HR team to provide your personal perspective on things such as benefits, products, marketing, consumer insights. There, there's so many different ways to partner and get your voice out there. Volunteerism also comes up a lot in the ERG yeah. space. What are some success stories that you've seen when it comes to that? Yes, yes. I think volunteering is so important. Being part of the community in which you live, work, you reside, I, I think it's really important. And I think if there is a tie between what your organization does and how you can uplift the community, I think that's even even better. I, you know, I was part of an organization where financial education is really important. And so for us, you know, when we're thinking about community service opportunities, like could we uplift our community by bringing financial education sessions to the community to mm -hmm. uplift the community and so you know you're doing something really good for the organization but you're also doing something really good for the community and there's that like alignment between the goals of the organization erg and uplifting the community that's big that's big tying it and there's ways with every business i feel like i haven't encountered a business yet where there isn't a way to tie it back to how can we help like bring this business to underrepresented communities or talk yeah. to you know talk to them more so about how to utilize even what we do oh totally totally like even having um i don't know like volunteering at schools where you come and you talk about the work that you're doing um i mean black and brown kids may not know that there is a pathway when it comes to creating sneakers or creating shoes and athletic apparel so like okay maybe there's an opportunity to come there and show them what you're working on there's so many different ways to get get involved and i know it's just another example but there are a lot of ways to get involved and have it tied back to the goals of your organization and the goals of your your erd 
That's big. That's big. Okay. I'm curious then, because well, we're definitely going to have to have you back for a part two, because I have a ton of questions, if I'm being honest. For the next like two, maybe three questions, focus yeah. on your experience as a program manager. So leading ERG programs globally at that, mm-hmm. even at some big organizations. I mean, leading ERGs globally is different, <laughs> for sure. Different. Yeah. How do you unite the efforts of people across different regions where maybe there's different norms, cultural norms, kind of relationships with DNI as a whole. Curious how that plays a, a factor in your role. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you are out here like asking the hard hitting questions today. So this is a tough one and something that I, I have not resolved. So I will be very honest with you there. I think it is a, it's a work in progress. I can tell you how I think it should work and what I would like to see. I think for me, there always needs to be some sort of like ladder up approach. So ERGs as a whole, their goals always need to ladder up into, you know, the global diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy. And then I think same with the regions. I think the region diversity, equity, inclusion strategy needs to ladder up into some sort of global diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy. Of course, there's going to be cultural nuances, but there needs to be alignment at all three different levels. Um, Mm -hmm. I think for the ERGs, similarly, I think for each ERG, there should be structure in place where they have a, um, they have goals for the global ERG, but then the way that you go about hitting those goals for the different chapters, for the different regions, they may be different. So for example, an organization may say, okay, our goal, our, I, our diversity and inclusion goal is focused on women at the, I don't know, mid-level career level. Like that's, that's the global goal. What that looks like for the ERG may be different than how it is executed within the different chapters, within the different regions, because there are cultural nuances. But the goal still stays the same the approach may vary because of those nuances. Yep. That makes perfect sense too. Man, I have two questions. Even though we kind of touched on events, I'm also curious, what are some events outside of the U.S. that you've mm-hmm. also seen that that have been impactful? Just because a lot of the time people get feedback that their ERG programs are U.S.-centric. So what are some non-U.S. centric programming examples that you've seen? Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really good question. I think whenever you can have events that are catered specifically to that region, I think that is always a winner. I don't think you should take the North America centric event and say, okay, well, you know, Asia Pacific, I know it's not a great time for you, but you know, just show up anyway and just like have this blanket approach for all of your ERG chapters, I don't think that's a good one. I think there are different ways you could approach it. So like maybe you have the same speaker, but because you know that you have a global global chapters, maybe you have that speaker come at all the different times that matches your regional chapters. That's one way to kind of adapt that. So it's the same, it's the same conversation, it's the same speaker, but at least in the timings, you're adapting it to say, okay, we are a global ERG and this is one way that we show that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think for the different regions, even having region-specific events, I think is really good. 
and saying, hey, Lords of America, like, please attend. I think it would be good for us to start having that global mindset and learning from, you know, regional chapters, especially outside of North America, because I think you're so right. We can be so U.S. and North America centric when a lot of these programs are really global. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with chapters, I know that those can be fun in a global global organization too, where it almost feels like everyone's doing their own thing at their own speed. What are some tips for for people who have chapters um, incorporated in their program and how to best at least know what's going on, you know, with all the different ones? Yeah. I mean, I think being able to have regular touch bases is really important. And again, okay, this sounds so simple, but like time makes a difference. So like if you have a a global chapter, make sure you're having multiple touch bases so people actually have the ability to join. So it's not just North America centric. And then also make sure that you're recording the sessions and you're following up, you're sending out the recording. You're, you're also, you know, in email talking about what the follow-up looks like. Like those sort of things help these chapter leads feel like they are included and it makes them feel like they're, they're part of the journey. Um, so yeah, I think just having an inclusive mindset and adapting it for the different chapters and regions is really important. And that's big. And I'm definitely listening to you on this one because. Just for context, for everyone's listening, there's a big difference between someone like me with an ERG leader team of less than 100 versus hundreds of ERG leaders. That is a completely yes. small game. Yes. And I want everyone who may be you know, listening, I do not have it figured out, especially my ERG leaders like, who are like, mm, mm. but it is a journey. And it's a journey that I want to go on with my ERG leaders because we can, we can make things better i know what i want it to look like and i have the best partners it's a journey like like what i've said to my energy leaders give yourself grace even for us as program managers we need to give ourselves grace because it it is a lot of work and it takes passion drive and and, and patience quite honestly mm-hmm. okay i think that that's a great segue <laughs> to that's closing question how do you keep that passion and drive because I for instance I saw a TikTok recently that was just basically talking about it's one thing to be passionate about it but sometimes when there's like now money assigned to it and it becomes our everyday role we lose that love for it so how do you keep that passion just doing the work that you're doing yeah I mean that's a great question and if I'm being honest I don't always feel the passion there are times where I'm I'm bogged down and no I don't always feel a hundred percent. And in moments like that, I try to step back and think about my why. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, why did I decide to join DEI back in the day, back in 2017, 2018, when I created this role? Like, what was my why? I think that bigger picture always helps ground me. And then the other piece of it is like, I really love our ERG leaders. Like, they inspire me. There are some amazing leaders out there who go above and on and put in their hard work dedication to really make a difference within our organizations and i'm like okay that person's doing it this person's doing it like i gotta show up i i have to show up because they are my motivating factor and the difference that they're making motivates me i love that okay actual real last question this time because even with the erg movement we're all about forward movement of ergs 
ERDs 2.0, doing them better. 10 years down the line, what would you like to see happening more in the ERG space or maybe just just in general in the ERG space that's not happening as much or at all right now? Mm, oh my gosh, that's a good question. Such a good question. Okay, I think, I mean, and this is actually my view on like diversity, equity, and inclusion in, in general, but I want to see it more embedded within the organization. Like, I don't want to see ERGs or diversity, equity, like, I don't want to see it separate. I want us to be partners. Mm-hmm. I want us to be invited to the table. I want us to have a seat. I want, you know, when people are thinking about initiatives, they're like, all right, it's part of the plan. It's like, okay, let's get our ERG leaders involved. Let's get their thoughts. Like, like they they are part of the conversation as we're rolling out things for the organization. We're embedded within the organization. Like, that's where I think I would want to see us in the future. We're not separate. We're not doing our own thing. We're we're with the organization. We're partners in this work. So, yeah, that's that's what I'd love to see. You're speaking my language, honestly. That's Now that is the perfect way to close this. When I tell you, I'm so grateful for you being here today. Let everyone know how they can can find you or yeah, where they can yeah. connect yeah. with you. So you can find me on LinkedIn. My first name is Ruth, R-U-T-H. Last name is Light, L-I-T-E. You know, search me on LinkedIn, follow me, add me, and I will follow you back. I love talking about diversity, equity, inclusion. It is my passion. I love talking about all things related to ERGs. Like I said, it is a work in progress. So if you have best practices, I am all ears, happy to share things that I've learned along the way as well. So please connect with me. Amazing, amazing. Ruth's information will be down below in the description box. Definitely connect with her. Once again, thank you so much. This has been an incredible episode and we look forward to having you back for sure.